The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Nah, 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 come on! On this episode of the Heat Check, we get in to where are we? 30% of the season is done. Why am I still so confused? I don't quite know. We break down why we're still trying to figure out so many of these teams. It's our third of the season recap. It's really 30%, so it's not quite a third. So for you guys that are math majors, uh, it's 30%. We're 3% shy, but like, just forgive me because... That's where we're at. 25 games in the season, 30% into the season, basically a third of the way. Go ahead, Brock, and drop that fucking beat. So we are over a quarter of the way through the season. This is what I'm saying. We are over a quarter of the way through the season. 30% is approximately where we're at. Not 33. It's basically a third. And we only know really a couple of things. We know that the Warriors are good, like really good. We know that the Suns are good. We know that the Bucks probably in the playoffs are good. We know that the Blazers are dead. Uh, they are dead, like dead, dead. Uh, rest in peace to the Portland Trail Blazers franchise. We know that Orlando stays dead. Uh, and we, we really, truthfully, don't know much else. Like I am very confused, especially given – what I watched on Wednesday night. Uh, that was a doozy. In some ways, I think that this is good. Like, it highlights the parody of the league. And parody is what Adam Silver and the rest of the suits want. Like, a lot of chaos on any given night. You're not really sure what's going to happen. Detroit, Detroit, for example, almost beat the Wizards last night. And the Wizards were number one in the East for a long period of time. Like, very excitable franchise right now. A lot of pieces. Now wondering, as they're in free fall, what is going to happen with Bradley Beal? And he's putting out some cryptic interviews that are making Washington, D.C.-ists lose their mind. It's hard to figure out what's going on right now. If you're a gambler in the NBA, it's even worse. Uh, 25 games in the season, normally we have some semblance of who everyone is. Like, I think this time last year we knew that the Suns were good. There's nobody who has risen to the point where you're like, oh, I'm really surprised this team is a for real threat. Like, same teams that were good last year in terms of elite status, elite contending status outside of the Warriors, but they had a little blip. The Warriors weren't good last year, but they've been good, so it's kind of like they just picked up where they let off now that Clay's coming back and Draymond isn't washed anymore. So let's take 
So I was thinking about it. This is kind of how it came up. Is just take last Wednesday, this last Wednesday, for example. There were 13 games on Wednesday. And I'm going to break down the results into categories and break it down for you into highly surprising, moderately surprising, and not surprising outcomes. And let me just say this. The results of this little experiment that I had, very surprising. Very surprising. All right. There were 13 games last night, like I said, on Wednesday. Eight of those were highly surprising outcomes. Two of those were moderately surprising outcomes. And three were not surprising. So if you were a betting person and you bet the whole board like I could have done but I did not do, you probably would have gone three and ten. Like you probably would be not listening to this podcast because you've had to trade in your smartphone for something else. Like, okay, let's go through them. So you don't even know what this episode is about because you don't even have access to it. All right, so Chicago takes on Cleveland, right? Chicago is missing DeMar DeRozan and Alex Crusoe, but they're playing Cleveland. They're three-point dogs in Cleveland. Highly suspect line. Final score, Cleveland 115 to Chicago's 92. So they blew out by almost 20 points. At home, Cleveland mollywopped. The Cleveland Cavaliers mollywopped an elite team, Chicago Bulls. I would say that's highly surprising. Then, Charlotte Hornets at home against Philly just played them two games ago. I think they closed as six-point dogs. Final score, 110 Philly, Hornets 106. I think that's probably the least surprising outcome. Like, I could, could have gone either direction. I probably, if I was going to bet this game, was going to bet at the Hornets. Uh, I thought the Hornets could win this game outright. Kelly Oubre just will not die. He just continues to keep chucking, continue to make threes. Gordon Hayward continue to make threes. Doesn't matter that LaMelo's not there, folks. Doesn't matter that Terry Rozier's not there. Somehow, some way, Hornets just can keep stinging. They just keep t- putting the little Hornet stinger in you. All right, so I would call that not surprising, but pretty surprising, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, given that there's no LaMelo ball and no fucking Terry Rozier. All right, so Detroit Pistons, worst team in the league. Number one draft pick overall, getting Kay Cunningham. Washington Wizards at one point, number one seed in the East. They go to Detroit, to the crib. They are five-point favorites, closing line. You're like, oh, this is a strange number, five points. I think it could be eight, nine-point favorites, mostly. No, this game was a dogfight. <laughs> Detroit was up the entire game. Let me just give you a little piece of insight. At halftime, Detroit was two-and-a-half-point favorites. So Washington won outright, but it took some some mustering of strength and a lot of Kyle Kuzma threes and a lot of cursing out the crowd in his home, in his home floor because he's from Detroit. Washington 119, Detroit 116 in overtime. I would consider that highly surprising. Knicks. Go into Indiana as one-and-a-half-point dogs. Basically a pick em. You think this thing could go either way. Probably Vegas teasing you, enticing you, and taking the Knicks because the Knicks have been relatively good over the last 12 months. Indiana has been a dumpster fire. There's literally new articles coming out every day saying that they're dedicated to what? Rebuilding. Okay. Okay. So, end of the score. Indiana 122, Knicks 102. Blew them out by 20. I would consider that highly surprising. Why is Fournier so bad? I don't know. He normally is very inconsistent. That's what he is. I thought 
I thought he was going to be doing better, and this is what he said. I thought I was doing better, to be honest, before those two games. I'm not going to tell you the name of the restaurant, but I had a terrible steak in San Antonio. I've been fighting food poisoning. I can't move. Okay, Evan Fournier. Like I, And also, like, can we stop just sullying San Antonio for no reason? Like, they are the little brother that everyone shits on. Like, I think I said one day that uh, I went to San Antonio for an event, and I went and saw... I went and saw the Spurs. I was there for the Final Four and got attacked by fire ants outside the arena. And that was the most action I saw in San Antonio. I said, that's true. I mean, it's true. Bad steak in San Antonio. Evan Fournier, please, please. You're French. You should be able to handle a little raw bad beef. You know what I'm saying? All right. So this is a game that got stuck into my craw. Milwaukee. Milwaukee was a six-point favorite on the road. Miami is missing Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Caleb Martin is highly doubtful. Caleb Martin is a nobody. You don't even need to worry about Caleb Martin being highly doubtful. So Caleb Martin actually plays in that game. Line is still six. Milwaukee's fully healthy. They've got Chris Middleton. They've got Drew Holiday. They've got Giannis. They've got no Brooke Lopez, but he's going to be out for the rest of the season most likely. Okay. Caleb Martin puts up 28 fucking points against Milwaukee. Milwaukee looks trash. They get out. Heat gets out to a 9-2 start. This game was over before it started. End it. Wash it out. Take that little bet slip. Throw it into the trash. Pay your bookie or pay bet MGM. Whoever you're betting with. And that's night-night sleep mask. I would say Miami 113 to Milwaukee 104 is a highly surprising outcome. Oklahoma City Thunder goes to Toronto. They are eight-point dogs. They beat Toronto by one in Toronto. I would consider that to be a surprise. OKC is not a good team. Toronto's up and down. Who knows with these two? I have no idea. Also, OKC scoring 110 points, I would consider that very surprising. This is a team that regularly scores in the 90s. All right, Brooklyn goes to Houston. Brooklyn Nets, they're a wagon right. Got KD. They've got Harden, they've got LaMarcus Aldridge in a new resurgence. They sit out KD, they sit out LaMarcus Aldridge, and they are, I believe, three-point favorites on the road to Houston. Very suspect line, extremely suspect. Houston blows them out 114-104. I would consider that extremely surprising. Under no circumstance should that ever happen. Doesn't matter who's playing for the Nets. Have some fucking pride, Steve Nash. Put Kevin Durant in! If you're, getting, if you're losing to Houston, you can't just be dropping L's to the Houston Rockets just because just because it's a load management game. We move on. We move on. Dallas, coming off of a tough loss to the Brooklyn Nets on a back-to-back, goes to Memphis. Memphis had just blown the doors off of Miami. Dallas beats Memphis 104-98. Dallas came in losing 5 of 6 and 8 of 10 against Memphis on the roll. So, of course, they beat up on Memphis on their home court. I would consider that moderately a surprise. Minnesota. Minnesota's at home against Utah. Minnesota has played Utah very tough. They beat, Minnes- they beat Utah twice, once at home and once on the road last year. This is a team that fights Utah hard. Utah has been a wagon against the spread. Utah beats Minnesota 136-104. Timberwolves on a roll. 
getting eight and a half points at home, you're like, yeah, I'll take the Timberwolves at home. Spot me nine. I love that. They beat the Jazz twice. Love that. Carl Anthony Towns back. Yes, please. No, no. They got blown out. It was so surprising that they literally were surprised because they were still talking shit after losing by 30. They were like, you had Patrick Beverly being like, Rudy Gobert's trash. I don't even know why he's a DPOY. Like, this guy won't even guard our best guy. It's like, hey, by the way, you just lost by 30. Maybe shut your mouth. Like, Aunt Edward says, hey, we don't even fear Rudy Gobert. I don't care. When I go to the rim, Rudy Gobert, not a problem. You just lost by 30. That's how surprising it is. They don't even remember that they lost by 30. Denver. Denver beats New Orleans in OT. Not super surprising. I would say that's the one game that's like, it was an OT, though. It was an OT. New Orleans is hot, quote-unquote. Denver hasn't been great. This is a team, uh, two teams that are in a pillow fight of mediocrity. So, okay. Orlando goes to Sacramento. I believe Orlando was an eight-point dog. Hmm. That's a little bit of a sus line to me. Sacramento puts up 142 points on Orlando. 142 to 130. That is, if you're up on totals, 272. Quite a bit higher than the closing line, which I believe is around 221. 272. I would consider that highly surprising. Clip skated by Boston at home. Not surprising. Golden State. Steph's on a heater. Steph's trying to get the record for most threes ever in history. Also trying to break Clay Thompson's record. No C.J. McCollum. No Damian Lillard. No Lassier Little, they say, who ended up actually playing because the league is suspect. Okay, so you've got nobody. Who's going to be able to defend Steph? No one. They should be able to beat Portland very easily. They should be able to beat Portland by 25 at home at the Chase Center. Steph, looking for that record? No, no, they only beat us by 10, and at one point it was a four-point game in the fourth quarter. I would consider that to be ridiculously surprising. So what does that all mean to me? Like, that night encapsulates everything I need to know 30% of the season, which is I don't know anything at all. I would have gone 3-10 and 10 on that night. 3-10. and 10. Outcomes don't make no sense. Like, it's probably a good time to take stock of what I would consider one of the strangest seasons of all time. Since I was a little girl, I watched basketball since I was six with my mom as a Portland Trailblazer fan. And this is, I don't have a feel for who anyone is. Like, even props that are easier to bet in basketball than any other sport are so up in the air. Like, okay, here's a good example. Steph Curry, his prop for threes, it was Over five and a half threes. You know he's probably going to shoot 30 of them. That should be a cakewalk. And if he scores five and a half or over six threes, you know he's probably going to score 30. So does he score 30? No. Does he get his three-point prop? Yes. Six threes and 22 points. I don't know. I cannot recall a time that this would be. Like Steph Curry not putting up 30 against the Portland Trailblazers. By the way, the Portland Trailblazers are the worst defense in the league, so I have no idea how they held Steph to 22. No idea. And then out east, I really cannot recall a time out east when there hasn't been a team that you could consider a consensus favorite. Like, you're the team. You're the one. There's no wagon. Like, take the Bulls, for example. They've been hot, even without DeMar and Crusoe. But then they got beat by 25 of the Cleveland Cavaliers last night. Bucks rattled off 8 of 10 
They're fully healthy, playing an unmanned Miami team who just got their asses kicked by Memphis without John Morant, and they lose by, I want to say, 9 or 10, but they were six-point dogs. You have about three elite, quote-unquote, elite teams out east. You've got the Nets, you've got the Bulls, you've got the Bucks. I'm not saying there won't be other teams, but I think this is these are the three teams right now that you can actually say are good. But they've all shown significantly significant weaknesses. You've got the Nets, right? Nets can't win without KD. Like, that's where they're at right now. They've got Harden, but they can't win with Harden alone. Who knows if Kyrie Irving is ever going to be putting on a Nets uniform ever again. Like, maybe they can down the road, but they can't even beat Houston without KD. What do you think they're going to do in the East in the playoffs if KD goes down? Absolutely nothing. This team is ripe for a letdown. I know that they were very close to going to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they didn't. They were a shoe print away, but they, it didn't. Like, without Kevin Durant, this team is nothing. Blake hasn't been good. LaMarcus Aldridge is okay. But Nick Claxton is a liability. He needs to fucking go. This man almost lost them the game against the Dallas Mavericks. He bricked two free throws in a row, which we already knew. Everyone on the planet watching that game knew he was going to miss them both. That's how bad he is. He is like peyote out there. He is peyote in life form, just doing all kinds of things you cannot expect. Trust levels in the Nets are on suspect level. Sus. Bulls, they're not deep enough. They're not. They're not deep enough to be able to score at the pace that they can score at when they're fully healthy, nor they're big enough to handle a team like Cleveland when, they're, they, when they don't have a guy like, say, a DeMar DeRozan or an Alex Caruso making the game even more messy. The Cleveland Cavaliers had eight blocks on Wednesday. Eight blocks. Evan Mobley himself had, had five. This is a rookie giving you five blocks. The only way that this team has success, in my opinion, is they stay fully, fully, fully healthy and they get lucky and they get home court. But they're fun. They're fun. Bucks. So you know you could throw out the first ten games because they weren't healthy. Everybody's gone. Chris Middleton's out. Drew Holiday's out. Dante's still out. Brooke Lopez is out. Giannis is out. Like, in and out, in and out, like uh, like whack-a-mole for the injuries. And now... Okay, they're in the swing of things, but you can't lose to the Miami Heat in that fashion. So you may say to yourself, like, what is this team? Do they have to rely on Giannis? What happens if Chris Middleton goes cold? What happens if Drew Holidays goes cold? No, no, no. You're not going to get me with that again, Bulls. Like, you're not going to get me looking silly 30 games in the season like I did last year, 11 games in the season. This team is going to the finals again. They are. It doesn't matter. It does not matter what they do right now. This is the anti-Budenholzer blueprint. Budenholzer normally gets you 60 wins, gives you a ton of hope, and then allows your hope to basically disintegrate into your hands like sand. Like all of a sudden, like a windstorm in sand, you have nothing. You think you have something, and then you have nothing. You're like you have a longer period of happiness because you're like, ooh, 60 wins, number one team in the East. We have the highest percentage to win it all by ESPN.com. And then the analytics say one thing, and then reality says another. This is not that. This is a longer period of pain and frustration for a bigger payoff. You're going to get back to the finals, but it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Who knows if Dante's coming back? What's happening with Brooke? Probably nothing. You're probably going to have to make a trade at the deadline. So fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't get fooled again. Can't get fooled again. This team's going to the finals again. It is. They just—they are better. We saw what they did in the finals. 
They got better and better and better. And Giannis is someone I am not fucking against. I am I am going to consistently root for. Because if you bet against Giannis and then he becomes Damian Lillard, peak Damian Lillard at the free throw line in game six, I, I don't even know what to say. You've got Budenholzer out here just basically winning coach of the year without doing a goddamn thing. Like Giannis is going to continue to bring this team to the promised land. Drew Holiday has clamps. Chris Middleton in clutch time can hit shot after shot after shot. I don't care. This is a team I trust. Contenders. Not a whole lot of movement here. Miami was elite. Then they got hurt. Then they showed exactly what we kind of knew in the beginning of the season, which is that this team is thin. One injury away from being a disaster and just being the Tyler Hero show, which I'm just telling you now, it's like not a show you really want to get floor seats to. You know, it's a, it's a lot of random threes. It's just him and Duncan Robinson vibing and P.J. Tucker taking a million as well, doing his best Draymond Green impression, impression if you know what I'm saying. Like, both of those guys have terrible threes. Ugh. It's just like they put they look literally like freshman high school girls shooting and pushing the ball out towards their forehead to the rim. It's terrible. However, it's fun. They're a fun team. Philly and beat injury away from being sub five hundred. Cleveland, Cleveland surprised me. I didn't see them coming at all. Like, I didn't see Evan Mobley being this good. I didn't see Laurie Markinen being clamps. We did an entire segment on them for good reason. This team, even without uh, Colin Sexton, is amazing. I think Ricky Rubio and Darius Garland together are a very fun, very effective duo. Very well coached. Surprisingly good defense. Just a surprisingly long, athletic, unique squad. Are they going to make any damage? Absolutely not. Are they better than they were? Yes. Atlanta, they've been a disappointment. But truthfully, Atlanta's suffered a lot of injuries to their key guys that play defense. What are they going to be like when they're healthy? I don't know. Like, are they going to be healthy? Probably not. Like, that's been the case last year through the entire course of last year and into the playoffs. Cam Reddish was hurt. When Cam Reddish wasn't hurt, then DeAndre Hunter was hurt. When DeAndre Hunter wasn't hurt, then you had... Some other random that's hurt. Now you've got Solomon Hill. He's out for the year. Uh, who is he? Doesn't really matter. He's actually, a, he's actually a net negative when he's on the court, so it's probably better that he's gone. But they'll probably need to do something at the deadline for them to be anything. Question marks. A lot of them. Washington, Boston, New York, Charlotte. Let's start with the Wizards because I know you want to. The Wizards were fun for like six weeks. We had a lot of hype. We thought maybe Bradley Beal would be here to stay and that Spencer Dinwiddie was the panacea to all of the problems that Bradley Beal has had his entire career in Washington. And it turns out that uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is not a playmaker. He's not actually a point guard. He can't get his own shot and he can't distribute. So Montrose Harrell has been tremendous. But this team is random. One night they can hit a million threes, and when they're hot, they're great. When they're not hot, this thing looks stagnant. Stagnant, and they're not they're they're liable to lose to a team like Detroit. To Detroit, which should never be. San Antonio, I mean, just so many losses. Mm. And the good ones. Uh, Boston is exactly who I said that they would be a 500 team that doesn't know what to do with two all-stars that really don't seem to play well together. And also, by the way, if you haven't gone to math school, Jalen Brown has missed more games this season than he's played. 
He's missed 13 out of the 25 games. I tell you what, that is not a recipe for success, folks. You need that man in, and you need him soon, and it doesn't look like he's going to come back anytime close to now. They're going to struggle. They are going to struggle. Charlotte is fun. They played no defense at the start of the year. They're now missing guys due to COVID. Who knows when they come back? When? I don't know. I thought 10 days had already passed, but New York, they're in free fall. The Kemba Walker experience is done. They're not playing any defense. They went from the fourth-best defense in the league to the 27th and 28th worst. They're like literally bottom-of-the-barrel defense now. And they're starting to realize what we all know. Evan Fournier is not good. Evan Fournier is not good. You probably should have kept – yeah, Sacre, uh, bleu. what did you say? Uh, that French fuck's not great. He's not. He's good – until he eats a bad steak. You know what I'm saying? Like, and what is that steak? Probably just what's going on upstairs. Bad dream of bad steak. That's Evan Fournier. I, yeah, and like, you know he probably eats a lot of steak. So, it's probably raw as well, knowing if it's Evan Fournier. He's not worth the money. He's very inconsistent. Julius Randle, he's fallen off a cliff post-money. R.J. Barrett isn't shooting threes anymore, which is exactly the opposite direction that you need him to go. Basically a nightmare for Tom Thibodeau. So he should watch his fucking back before he gets stabbed in it. So those teams, those teams are question marks. Could be good, probably not. Struggle bus, Toronto, Indiana, Detroit, Orlando. Toronto should be good, but they're not. They're schizophrenic. They've got great outings. Scotty Barnes is probably going to be tremendous. Not a good team, though. Like, they could lose to OKC on any given night. They could lose to Detroit on any given night. And they could also beat the Bucks on any given night. So, oh, boy. I don't even know what to say about them except for just hang, hang on. Because now guys can't even travel to Toronto if they're not vaccinated. So you're probably – it's hard to decide really what this team is. But they're struggling. Indiana? Indiana's staring down a rebuild. They're already admitting it. They're trading everyone. Everyone but Malcolm Brogdon. Damanis Savonis is going to go. Miles Turner is going to go. TJ Warren says he doesn't want to go, but he's probably also going to go. The other rest of the holidays that are still there, I forget which ones, they're probably going. Karis LeVert probably going to go. All of them. Like, literally the entire roster is up for sale, and they've told the world, hey, whatever you want to offer us, we're open to listening. Uh, so it's just who, who – it's just Malcolm Brogdon, I think, that's untouchable. And probably he's still touchable, if you know what I'm saying. So, and Orlando, Orlando and Detroit are in rebuild mode forever. Like, forever. Fun, fun, but they're not going anywhere. And, and these four teams have pretty much separated themselves from everybody else. I doubt they're going to make any upward movement. I don't see any four of these teams ending up in a play-in tournament, getting into the playoffs at all. Everything else is up in the air in the East. Western Conference, it's even more strange. You've got three elite teams. You've got Golden State, you've got Phoenix, you've got Utah. We talked about Golden State a lot. We know that that's, that's probably the team most likely to come out of the West, if not the Suns. We know the Suns and Golden State are the best. They're pretty close. Seven-game series. I hope they play in the Western Conference Finals. I hope it's no sooner. They've got the best rosters. They've got the best coaching. They're the most consistent. And also, most importantly, in the regular season, they want to beat everyone, and they want to beat them by a lot. Like, they don't take nights off like the Nets. Like, you don't see Devin Booker is now missing the game against Houston due to rest. No. Absolutely fucking not. Chris Paul missing the game against Oklahoma City due to rest. Absolutely not. There's a reason that they split their season 
matchup series so far. Like, these teams want to win, they're going to win at home. Those are the teams that actually show up every night. The Jazz, I'm a little sus. Like, they're a great regular season team. They're shooting a lot of threes. They're obviously defensively playing a lot better than they did in the playoffs last year. Will they in the playoffs this year? I don't know. Are they a matchup problem for the Warriors in, like, the Western Conference semis? Ah, Rudy Gobert is the big question mark. He's just so defensively erratic. I don't know. They gave up. They get they give up series in these dramatic, very sad, memeable fashions, like three one to the Nuggets. They lost that way. They were up on the Clippers without Kawhi. They were up twenty seven points. They lost that game. Boom boom, shake the room, go home, night night sleep mask. Like this is sad. Like they're pro- I can't trust them because this is two years in a row now that they've gotten my hopes up for them to succeed, gotten ahead of the curve in the playoffs, and then all of a sudden threw up all of themselves. They literally set out Donovan Mitchell for no reason with, like, an ankle turn. He was totally fine. He wanted to play, and they set him out for, like, two games. I have no idea what's going on there. No idea. They're like the opposite of, of – they're like the West Coast version of what Budenholzer used to be. Like, great team in the regular season, and they flame out in the playoffs. Contenders, I mean, there's no one. There's just no one else but them. There's nobody else even close but them. That's it. Uh, There are three teams in the West and there's no one else. It's just other teams that will make the playoffs and are just the amuse-bouge, the the appetizer to these teams to feast, to get to the Western Conference semis, Western Conference finals, and then the finals. Everything short of that, it's night-night. I bet all three of these teams sweep whoever they play in the first round. It's not close. Question marks, Mavericks, Clippers, Memphis, Lakers, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Spurs, like pretty much almost everyone, everyone else in that list is a question mark. You got Dallas, you got Luka that's fat, Chris Stapps, who's like apparently one of the better rim protectors in the league this year, but do you trust that? He was, I literally said that it was like his feet were in concrete last year. Do I think that what's happening right now is going to persist? Probably not, no. They probably need to make, yeah, they, they are injury prone, uh, Luca is 30 pounds overweight right now, he said. He said, oh, I probably hung out a little bit too much on the Adriatic Sea after the Olympics. Like eating whatever you were eating. Like, Luca, yeah, you're a professional basketball player. You could be one of the best ever, and you're just steady, chilling with models and probably bottles and macaroni and cheese. Like, that's you. They need to make a trade. I am shocked they didn't do more, and... I think that they need to realize they are in a desperate spot. They've got Luka. They're in a situation kind of like Portland, where they have a franchise-altering star, and they have done nothing to give him any help. And this guy is way more, way more feisty than Dame. He'll just cuss the owners out. He'll coach GM out. He'll coach. He'll he'll cuss coaches out right on the mount in the sidelines. He'll get you fired like in game thirty-one. So Luca's not fucking playing around, even though he's playing around. I mean, I'm like shocked that they're like, oh, Reggie Bullock didn't move the needle? What? Tim Ar- extending Tim Hardaway Jr. wasn't the move? Like, what are you doing? You need to make a move. You need to do something. Clippers are the Clippers. One moment, Paul George is the best shot maker on the planet Earth, like touching the ground over three defenders, you know, spin move you know, tween, tween, cross, cross, like hitting the most difficult fadeaway step back 
And then the next moment, he's deferring to Reggie Jackson, like Reggie Jackson is Denver Nuggets version of Carmelo Anthony. Like, Reggie Jackson is garbage. No shade to Reggie Jackson, but, like, you you can't give him the ball in the fourth quarter when you're up four. You can't do that, especially when the line was eight. You know what I mean? Like, you can't. When Vegas sets the line at, I think it was actually three and a half, when Vegas sets the line at three and a half and you're up four, Reggie Jackson can't have the ball. He can't have the ball. Uh, Lakers, we're not going to get into that. We know what they are. They're old. They don't play any defense. Can't rely on LeBron anymore. Like, one night he'll have a great night. They, and the funny thing about them is, like, they have one good game, and then everybody's like, they're back. Statement win. It's like, they're probably going to lose to Memphis tonight. They probably will. Like, they are three-point favorites to Memphis, three-and-a-half-point favorites to Memphis. They bet they lose outright. Spurs, there's not a time I remember I enjoy talking about the Spurs. Even when they had David Robinson, even when they had Tim Duncan, like, every player that they get, even Kawhi Leonard, as electric as Kawhi Leonard is, he's like, just not a fun player to watch. He's just very robotic, very stiff, very fundamental. Like, they are the chess pass, like, team. Like, that is them. They're the most fundamentally sound. Doesn't matter that they have DeJounte Murray and he's trying to break the mold and Greg Popovich is giving him the ability to play loose and play free and he's averaging more triple-doubles than almost anybody else in the league. These are just nuggets of information that you don't care about because the Spurs are not relevant. Yeah, yawn, yawn. The Wolves are very fun, but they are nothing. Carl Anthony Towns continues to be soft. Anthony Edwards probably should lead the franchise. This is going to be a team that's up and down because their team's mentality is up and down. D'Angelo Russell sometimes looks like one of the greatest scorers on earth. Vintage Brooklyn Nets, D'Angelo Russell, ice water in my veins. And then the next moment, you're like, is he even on this team? What's happening with Carl Anthony Towns? Why won't they give him the ball? So, yeah, they're fun. And I think these teams are like a piece away from being good. They're And if you're picking playoff teams from this list, like it could just be anybody. I mean, you could just, just pick them. Like, let's do it right now. It's uh, Golden State, Phoenix, Utah, that's three. Let's choose Clippers, four. Memphis, five. Uh, Mavericks, six. Lakers, seven. Timberwolves, eight. Spurs, nine. Nuggets, ten. And maybe Portland, 11. Let's do that. And then the dregs. Let's talk about the dregs. Portland, Houston, New Orleans, OKC, Kings. I mean, yeah. These teams, outside of Portland, these teams have been a disaster. Uh, Portland is in full meltdown mode, as we talked about last episode. New Orleans is probably the worst franchise in the NBA. Like, now we've got new reports that Zion is... I mean, the list... You know what's crazy about Zion is it's like every time we hear news about Zion, he's he's heavier <laughs> in the news the next time. it's The next report will be like... and they And they always make you do math, too. Like, they're like, Zion... Zion's slated to be 260, but he's 70 pounds heavier than that. And it's like, what? <laughs> Why won't you just say he's 350? Like, the, it'll be like, Zion, Zion's playing weight at Duke was 230, and he's 120 pounds heavier than that. It's like, what is happening? That's what they do every single time. And it just every time you get a new Zion update, it's that he's like 20, 30 pounds heavier than the last update. And they always make you do math to figure that out. Sheesh, sheesh, sheesh. Houston's fun, uh, but nobody thinks that they can sustain this, this level of success, not even Steven Silas. God bless him. 
Uh, so is there a team in this list that uh, could ascend? I guess, but I I don't see it. Like maybe the Clippers. Like Kawhi's not walking through that door. Uh, it doesn't look like it right now. Like th- the what this all means though, what this all culminates into is. Listen, it's a top-heavy league right now with a lot of parity down below and a lot of openings to punch up. So the trade deadline is going to be fucking electric. Electric. Because guys are going to know, oh, yeah, there's only two good teams, three good teams in the West, only one good team, two good teams in the East. I make a blockbuster trade. I convince these teams like Indiana that they're dog shit. I could steal Miles Turner from them and turn the Nets into a real team with Miles Turner. Like, if I'm the Nuggets, I could steal Karis Levert from Indiana and turn me into a good team if I give them Kevin Porter or Michael Porter Jr. and like maybe some picks. You know more about Michael Porter Jr.'s back than anybody else. Like, could you fleece Indiana? Maybe. Maybe. There needs to be some movement, and I can see some serious changes happening before the February deadline, and I'm hoping that that's Portland, but I don't actually think that there's anything that we could do to really fix things. So, in summation, we know it's probably the Warriors, Suns, or the Bucks that are going to win it all. There's no real surprise team like there was last year with the Suns. Like, the Suns came out of nowhere. They were supposed to be like a six seed, seven seed. They get Chris Paul. You know, they went Undefeated in the bubble. Didn't make the playoffs. Add Chris Paul. Everybody thinks they're going to be better. I thought probably they'd be a four seed, five seed. A lot of people predicting said they'd be six seed, seven seed. But for them to be a two seed, the number two seed in basketball, and to make it to the NBA Finals and be two games away from winning it all? uh, There's nobody like this in that. There's no Atlanta Hawks. I mean, maybe the Chicago Bulls could mess around and be the Atlanta Hawks this year, but they're not nearly as deep as Atlanta was. They can't sustain the level of injuries that Atlanta consistently has. If the Bulls had the amount of injuries that the Hawks did, I mean, they would be a fucking dumpster fire. They'd probably be an eight seed right now. So, yeah, who knows? My goal would be to see a Warriors-Suns Western Conference Finals and a Bulls-Bucks Eastern Conference Finals. Like a little drive finals. You just You can literally drive... From Chicago to Milwaukee, boom, boom, sit in four hours of traffic, hang out. And then Steph versus Mikhail Bridges, and then the finals. Listen, I love the Suns, and I want Chris Paul to get a ring, but how fun would it be to see Drew Holiday try to lock down Steph? My Lord, that would be very fun. That would be very fun. So the most interesting question, I think, to me is Ben Simmons actually going to get traded this year? Does Do the Sixers really? Like, I had barely even talked about the Sixers. That's how, I mean, and they're winning. I don't know whether they think trading him makes an actual difference for them this year. Tyrese Maxey's been pretty good. Boston, New York, Dallas, Philadelphia, probably the most likely suspects to shake things up. But until then, just prepare. Brace yourself for some ugly basketball. Brace yourself for the New Orleans Pelicans to beat uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Brace yourself for the Oklahoma City Thunder to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, these things will happen. Brace yourself for the Houston Rockets to beat the Atlanta Hawks. Like, these things on a night-to-night basis are so unpredictable because teams are just figuring themselves out. There's injuries and COVID. 
on the loose. COVID's back on the loose, by the way. Uh, Rick Carlisle and the entire staff in Indiana, uh, they've got COVID. All the Bulls have COVID. Um, Pretty much everything in the Midwest, Mid-Atlantic has COVID. Kind of like last year when the Wizards gave everybody COVID. So, you know, prepare the wagons uh, at the top to get even more separation and the rest of the league to be in full, either chaos, scratch and claw for mediocrity mode, or in full tank mode for the foreseeable future. The one thing I love, though, in the NBA and not in betting is chaos, and that is where we are right now, folks. That is all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We will be back Monday evening with a new episode. Please download. Please subscribe. Please tell all your friends. Uh, why don't you leave us some reviews, too? Because there's some hater-ass reviews. Um, people from Philly who don't like me because I told them the truth about Ben Simmons and I laughed in their face when I was right, like a petty person that I am. Uh, they are consistently still trolling me. So please write some nice reviews about this this podcast here. And please do not forget to follow us at, at This Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok. We will see you Monday afternoon. Did some quick math on days. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.